0: Well, this morning, I'd like to take a look at maybe one verse from our gospel, but I'm going to really mostly focus on our prayers in our liturgy. And uh, maybe what I'd like to communicate to you all this morning is the importance of listening to and thinking about and trying to really carry out and live up to the prayers that we pray in our liturgy. Um... Just an example that I've encountered as a priest quite frequently in fact is uh, um, many people have a hard time thinking or believing in purgatory. This is an issue for many many people they don't they just don't believe in purgatory and what I say in response to them is, well, so you're a practicing Catholic, right, and you come to mass all the time. Every single Mass that we offer, almost every single one, is offered up for the dead. And you yourself, maybe you've bought a Mass card, uh, you've been to a funeral, you've buried a loved one, you're praying for your loved one from the beginning of the funeral Mass to the very end. And all of our liturgy presupposes something like purgatory. So if the, the, the deceased is in hell then you really, you can't pray for the person. There's no hope that they're going to get out of hell, so there's no need to pray for them. If they're in heaven, there's no need to pray for them. You should be asking them for their prayers on your behalf. Um, so the only reason why would we, why we would even be offering masses for the dead or praying for the dead or, uh, you know, offering the liturgy for the dead would be as if there was in a kind of a, an intermediate state and they're kind of wor- working their way towards heaven. They're not there yet and they can benefit from our prayers. It's just a kind of a simple common sense, hey, let's be consistent and actually think about what we're saying in our prayers so that we just don't mouth the prayers in, you know like robots or something. So we, we really understand what we're, what we're saying and we are trying to bring our lives and our beliefs in alignment with the words of our mouth. And uh, so that's just a little example that I think of. And if you notice our prayers, you start to pay attention to them, they're pretty, they really give us a pretty high standard. They're pretty exalted. Um, and they, they presuppose a level of Christian maturity that's um, pretty high, I would say. So let's just look at our opening prayer here. You've heard me pray it, and I'll just recall it again. We invoke your mercy in humble prayer, O Lord, that you may cause us, your servants, corrected by penance and schooled by good works, to persevere sincerely in your commands, so forth and so on. But corrected by penance and schooled by good works. So we might want to ask ourselves, okay, so this is Lent, and this is a very appropriate prayer for Lent. What is it um, that we've been doing for penance and what, what is it that we've been doing for good works, for Lent? Um, when I was, uh, I went to Catholic school when I was a little kid and, the, and the, it was just a given, you know, With the teachers, they'd say, you know, so what are you giving up for Lent? And someone would give up chocolate or whatever. And it's kind of silly and uh, it's not a, a huge penance, but it's good to have the kids do those little things because it gets them in the idea of, of penance and sacrifice, And then when they get older, they can take upon themselves more adult-like penances. And there's really nothing that can compare to the three traditional penances of alms and fasting and prayer. Uh, alms can be expressed through the giving of money, but it can also be expressed through, uh, you know, actual good works. Uh, it's time and talents, uh, as well as treasure. And uh, so maybe this is just a time here as we go through our Lenten journey to kind of do a little examination. Are we just mouthing these words, you know, corrected by penance, schooled by good works, but we're really not doing any kind of penance for Lent? And uh, what about the good works? Are we being schooled by our good works, or is this all just we're mouthing words and it's not real or not true? Um <clears throat> Just a few maybe common sense things on, on penance. Um, it's not good to say something like, "I'm going to give up," and then you name a particular sin, you know, for for Lent. You're kind of missing the point a little bit. Like sin, you got to give up sin all year round. <laughs> all right, it's not something that you give up just for Lent. All right, so that's one a little misunderstanding that sometimes people have. Um, so what you're doing is you're giving up something lawful, like your time. Okay, so you can, you're, it's free to spend your time however you like, as long as it's a good thing. But what you're doing is you're sacrificing time by investing maybe in a little bit more prayer, okay? Or food, there's nothing wrong with food. You know, eat what you want. Uh, but what you're doing is you're taking some lawful pleasure and you're sacrificing it. You're giving that up uh, as a penance. So penance is not about giving up sin, it's about giving up something that's lawful and good, um, but you're giving it up as a kind of like going above and beyond things. Another thing I think mistakes that people make during Lent is they say their their penances are a little too vague. They're going to say like, "Okay, I'm going to um, I'm going to stop arguing with my wife." Like, "Well, I don't know, that's going to be a little hard to quantify and really actually figure out whether or not you have fulfilled uh that that Lenten commitment." It's really better to make it simple, uh, make it concrete and say, I'm going to not eat meat. I am going to give an extra $200. I'm going to volunteer one day at this homeless shelter. Something very quantifiable and you know whether or not you fulfilled it. And, and make it simple. Don't, the other mistake that people make is it's too ambitious. Just make it something you can actually do. You know, if you make it too big, You won't do it, and then you'll feel bad about not doing it, okay, and you'll have all this unnecessary guilt that you got yourself into. Make it easy, do it, and then reflect and think, okay, like according to our prayer here, how has this penance that I've performed, how has it corrected me? How is this good work that I've done, how has it schooled me? How, what have I learned from it? And that way, our lives, And our actions can be consistent with our liturgical prayers.